I am Peter Sherman in for John Oakley, and uh, I have the pleasure on Friday afternoons when I am uh, Mr. Fill-in of talking to Conrad Black. Good afternoon, Conrad. Good afternoon, Peter. It is not as if we have nothing to talk about today. I know you have no particular uh, column appearing immediately, but um, the news uh, strikes me to be uh, of such import, and there's so much of it for the, the end of a July, that I thought we should have a chat anyway. And the first thing I wanted to bring up was, here's the European Union waltzing into Washington midweek. They get in about noon. This is Mr. Uh, Junkers. Um, I guess he's a former president of Luxembourg. And uh, four hours later, after he walks into the White House gates, he's in the Rose Garden in the uh, in the White House with President Trump, and they're announcing that, um, well, we, we're, we're going to sell him more soybeans, and uh, that's pretty good. We think we can work together towards uh, a free trade agreement. How do they do that, and we are where we are? Well, I think, I think it's a question of... Um a combination of the vulnerability of the European Union at a time when Britain is next to Germany, the biggest economy, and in terms of political credibility and moral credibility, the most eminent country in the EU um, is officially leaving. And Italy has voted for a peculiar coalition of right and left, most of the member parties of which profess to want to leave. And it is the fourth country after after Germany, Britain, and France. And and um, and the EU has a, a, you know it's a patchwork of very advanced down to quite primitive uh, economies. Uh, more or less developing countries in, in parts of the former Soviet bloc, and, uh, and and the disparity between them and the United States, which announced over 4% economic growth today, and also the desire of, uh, of the U.S. administration, which has been not absolutely convincingly articulated until recently, but has been in any case very widely misconstrued deliberately or otherwise by observers uh, as being protectionist. In fact, what this administration wants is fair trade. And that, for for Trump, is not a euphemism for um, protectionism or unfair advantages for the U.S. His contention is that the United States has had its pocket picked for decades and it put up with it during the Cold War and it became a habit and he's stopping it. They have an 865 a billion dollar trade deficit, which is intolerable. The U.S. doesn't really have to import anything. It doesn't import oil anymore, and and uh, and the trade deficit has come down by fifty percent under Trump. But what what he is really advocating is what the EU effectively professes to wish: a greater free trading zone. And and all he wanted was unreasonable tariffs in Europe to come down, and and in order to. Uh, produce a catalyst to make that appear to be sensible policy in Brussels, uh, he announced the imposition of tariffs that he did not, in fact, impose. But his, his technique worked, and, and it's absolutely desirable. And by the way, he may, and I'm not suggesting this is this particular thing I'm about to say is his intention, but he may provide the safe future for the European Union, a two-tiered Europe where there is a common market extended in this case to North America to NAFTA, and, and which doubles the size of it, by the way, and and, and the and more than doubles it, and, and into a more capitalist environment than Europe is, which is full of 
social democracies that for obvious historic reasons paid Danegeld to the to the small farmers and the working class. Uh, I mean, the historic reasons being the frequency of, of violence and revolution in many of those countries. And, 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 and you have political integration for those countries who wish it, like Germany, for example, uh, but, but not a political autonomy, but in a common market for those that don't, which would include the British. And, and that is a brilliant solution. Now, to some extent, it's a, just a, a fortuitous conflation of circumstances. But all if Trump it works, wanted, it works. Yeah, all, all Trump wanted was to start, was to reduce the trade deficit. But that is a benign thing, and, and it's been a sort of, uh, to use an old phrase of the Eisenhower era, uh, a benign role of the dominoes. And in Europe, suddenly came to its senses. If they have Britain leaving and the Americans raising tariffs against them, with all the internal stresses in the EU, it's going to be terribly difficult. So there's there's nothing like. Uh, self-interest to propel people to rapid decision-making, which has never been Brussels' specialty, by the way. Motivated self-interest, a great thing. Look, I want to uh, take <laughs> you back to... self-interest at work. Yeah. You're right. Now, you, you mentioned Germany, and I want to I want to focus on Germany, because we've we've had the Britain talk when you wrote the column, I guess, a week or two ago, uh, on, on the potential for a two-tiered situation. In, in the German case, the Germans were deathly afraid of what we're deathly afraid of, which is a 25% tariff on their automobiles. And I have a feeling that Mr. Junkers and, uh, and uh, Angela Merkel had a conversation, and uh, the deal is in the process of, of being done, which would mean we don't have to worry about the Audis and the Mercedes anymore. But we in Canada may have to worry about the Chevrolets and the Pontiacs and the Toyotas from up in Concord and so forth. And, and it seems to me that making a deal is you got to do a quid pro quo. So they, they're doing a quid pro quo. What's wrong with us? Why aren't we doing that? Well, in fairness there, you had... I agree with you, by the way. It is utterly inconceivable that Juncker came to Washington with, without having what amounted to an absolutely direct and precise instruction jointly from the president of France, Macron, the German chancellor, uh, Mrs. Merkel. Uh, I mean, the, the, those are the countries that are really calling the tune now. I mean, if Britain remains in, it would, it would join them in that. Uh, but the... Uh, he, the Juncker didn't saunter across the Atlantic uh, with, with his coattails trailing behind him, uh, on a, on a, just winging it himself and deciding to negotiate on behalf of all of Europe without a clear mandate from the two leading countries who would themselves have a mandate from the rest of the EU. But the, but the um, uh, and the other thing to remember is that. The, the EU and the United States are, are economically essentially equal, um, and the EU has a larger population, but the United States obviously has the advantages of a single unitary government and, and is fundamentally a, a capitalist powerhouse in a way that Europe isn't. Uh, Europe's just a lot of people, and many of them good, well-to-do consumers. But the... the um, uh, the, the the situation of Canada obviously is not as advantageous. We're, we're, we we don't have the same bargaining position uh, as, as people representing a GDP of twenty trillion dollars. Well, then why is Christian Freeland sticking her chin out saying this has to happen and this has to happen and no no no? I, 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 if that is what they are really doing, look, I suspect what she's doing is. is uh, winking at the Americans and saying, you guys understand politics at least as well as we do. We have an election coming up. 
Uh, so you know, I've got to I've got to keep the Nationalist Gallery on site here. But in fact, let's surreptitiously and behind closed doors, which is the only way to negotiate things as complicated as this, let's work to a deal. Uh, and and she's just pitching it to the traditional, slightly, softly anti-American sentiment of many Canadians. I mean, you're not anti-American in the sense they don't like Americans, but or don't like the country, but just are, are uneasy with such. Yeah, they're not going to tell us type neighbor. of thing. I, I I assume she's posturing, but but to take your question directly, if if what Christia is doing is actually the policy of this government then they're, they're playing Russian roulette with all six chambers loaded. They're going to blow our heads off. I and mean, that, I think, is what is terrifying me and a lot of other people. Well, they should know who they're dealing with. I mean, whether people like Trump or not, I think he's made it abundantly clear that he's, he's not, he's not going to be talked down to by anybody. Well, I, it seems to me, and I talked to Mark Warner, and you'd know who he is if you don't indeed know him, uh, yesterday, and, and, and he said, look, Trump is a guy who makes deals. He wants a deal. Offer him a deal and stop putting your, your uh, feet in cement. And, and I tended to agree. Canada. I mean, look, frankly, there's some countries he doesn't particularly like, but Canada is a country he knows and he likes. Yep. Conrad, always a pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, uh, um, very nice to have you. I can't, you know, I'm, I, I miss John, but I'm happy talking to you. It's always a pleasure for me as well. Thank I mean, you, Conrad Black. We're old friends, and it's great talking with you. Well, you know what? We'll get together for lunch one of these days and renew that. We'll do it. All right. Conrad Black, uh, as always, uh, an interesting commentary, and this time on uh, the issue of Canada getting the let out and, uh, and getting trading with the United States properly without any retaliation.